This special edition upload of the Game Sports Show brought to you by Compass Imaging and Signage as well as Demansky Office Interiors. Compass Imaging and Signage is a large format print shop, posters, banners, vehicle graphics, advertising, trade show displays, decals, wayfindings, signs of all kinds, graphic design, fine art reproduction, and custom work. You can check them out at www.compassimaging.com. Demansky Office Interiors is a well-recognized, full-service office furniture dealer and design company in Sault Ste. Marie and Algoma area for over 40 years. DOI represents leading manufacturers such as Herman Miller, Nightingale, 3H Manufacturing, Group LaCase, and Focal Upright Seating, with much more. Now, here's the best part of it all. Both fantastic businesses are located in one spot. 500 Industrial Park Crescent Unit 1 in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. Make sure to stop by today and don't forget to check them out on social media as well, Facebook or Instagram. Booyah, and it's time for the Game Sports Show special edition upload powered by the game, entertainment, and media, along with thegamesportshow.com. You are currently listening to the game through one of the many media platforms, Spotify, Apple, Podbean, Podtail, Facebook, Instagram, or through, of course, our website. Now, getting to the special edition co-host, it's a substitute jump in if you will i kind of want to call him the substitute teacher because usually brandon brooks jumps in for our special edition uploads but we have an amazing co-host an overall great guy and he's not operating the tech side of things here today but we're not going to jump into that story alex my friend very happy able to join us for the special edition upload today that'll be a story for another time the next time it's just the round table with the guys we can bring that up for sure but it's great to be back it's been too long yeah definitely way too long and we got a great guest here for our show here on the special edition upload of the game or gem for short and getting to that special guest yeah he's one of those guys that plays hockey and he's a goalie and so he gets a lot of puck shot shot at him consistently from left right and center he does more than a great job doing that oh and he's also a pretty tall dude and he's also a 2015 stanley cup champion with the chicago blackhawks not a big deal whatsoever and he's still playing hockey at the professional level the one only scott darling scott thanks for coming on the show of course boys happy to be here i'm very happy you're able to join us our mutual friend actually zach turquato we'll get this uh nice shout out out of the way first got us acquainted got us uh, connected to get on the show here through instagram the power of social media and to connection and you know we're very happy you're able to join us and you know before we even jump into the show you know you have something funny that happened today and of course secret felt that of course this was just uh, a pre-recorded upload so if anyone thinks this is live i apologize if i disappointed you but on this day of the upload you did something special today prior to coming on the show and what was that yeah uh i just got married um, <laughs> you know during this covid craziness like you and i we booked this a while ago and then due to you know the state of the universe it's a process to like I had to like zoom with this like city hall and stuff like that. And this is the only time they could do it. And it was a complete shit show getting it done. <laughs> yeah, um, no I thought it was going to be like easy breezy 20 minutes, took about five hours. Um, <laughs> and, but yeah, like literally an hour ago, I officially have a wife and I'm hanging out with you guys. <laughs> uh, okay. That's literally the best day. You get married. Did you have to wear, did you wear a tux? Did she wear a dress or they did? Dude, I wore a half tux because I was on Zoom. I wore a tux up top and I had shorts and sandals on. Oh, that, <laughs> that is ideal. That's beautiful. Yeah. A Zoom wedding. I but think it was like, yeah, it's like they give you the marriage license. But we thought we were like getting like officially married. 
And then, so we just got the license and the paperwork and then we had to have somebody come over and like, you know, sign it, like ordain us. Um, so we had to like find somebody to do it and we had somebody come over like right away and like just basically say, do you take her? Do you take him? And then sign the paperwork and that was it. It was, it was, it was crazy. I'm sure it's it's not as dramatic as she would have once imagined, but I mean, Hey, it's done. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Happily married for now, you know? Um, but yeah, we we were supposed to get married in like two weeks, but we had to cancel it a while ago. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, we did this just to get officially married. And then we rented an RV for the month of July and we're just like taking our great Dane and heading out West to, in an RV, mobile Make, quarantine. Making the best of it. I love it. Yeah, well, lemonade out of lemons. So technically, the game sports show and gem is a part of your wedding day. Literally. <laughs> like, like he just wrapped up another call 30 minutes ago just to hop on another. Like, yeah, I'm married now. Okay, I'm going to go. I'm just going to go talk about how great I was at playing hockey. Like, <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, this is cool. This is cool. And you're great, Dane. I, you know what? I'm gonna give a shout out to Spit and Chicklets. You know, we're myself, Alex, Brooksy, our fans. I know Brooksy's actual, uh, it's friends with Paul Biz and that uh, knows him on a level. And you know, you talked about your great Dane, and that's a pretty big pup, right? I know he's like 130 pounds. You said on that show when he was like he's 10 like pounds. 175 now. <laughs> he's a little show pony. And, uh, and my my wedding gift to myself is I got another one, and I'm getting them in three weeks. Oh, no. <laughs> That's a big he's, pop. He's going to be even bigger than Moose. Oh, Moose. I like that name, too. What'd you na- What's the second one's name going to be? Gary. Gary. Like that. Gary. So we got a horse, and then Gary's spotted like a cow. So we got a horse and a cow. <laughs> no, those having great Danes. I've had a friend that had a great Dane. Uh, I was. It's uh, been a couple years since I passed. I lived a little bit older, and those dogs are actually just fantastic dogs. But holy fuck, are they big? Alex, oh, you must have seen some great Danes today. They're huge. Of course. Oh my goodness, yeah. Danes are yeah, awesome. They're, the biggest, like, they're get... the biggest lap dogs ever, but they're the hey. best dogs in the world. Yeah, you'll never feel not safe, and then they'll just smother you with love. Right. Yeah, they're awesome. He has the loudest bark ever. No one will ever break into our house, knock on wood, because he <laughs> patrols the neighborhood, but he's like the sweetest dog you could ask for. No, definitely. Great Danes are loving. They're gentle giants, if yeah. you will. To an, extent, to an extent, they'll protect you if they most certainly need to. Now, yeah, I don't know if Moose will. He's kind of a wuss. I don't know. <laughs> But he looks scary and he sounds scary, but he's a huge puss. So. If, if a guy walks into the room, you know, it's a kind of like my dog. I got an eight-pound Morky Maltese mix. I'll tell you right now, the, the burglars are just going to not be terrified of any little dog. My dog will probably actually show you uh, where everything is in the house. The good stuff is. <laughs> Yeah, but small dogs are so much worse. Like, if I saw a chihuahua, I'd be like, yeah, no, not breaking in there. I don't want to deal with that. Afraid of chihuahuas? Is that your? I, is that your? No, I here? just hate small dogs. They're just so yappy and in your face. Like it's like the Napoleon syndrome of dogs. I just don't have the time for it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> definitely here on the game. We're big dog lovers. As one of our sponsors, Northern Critters in Need, uh, we're definitely involved. And I fostered a shepherd one time. Let me tell you, in, a, in an apartment. Oh my goodness, that's one Ooh. thing I wouldn't recommend doing if you have a shepherd uh nonetheless but again you know it's definitely great to have a dog there we don't i don't feel like humans deserve dogs but we don't have to jump into that conversation right oh, now it's, it's, the truth. Just, oh, it's the truth i don't deserve it no it 100 the truth they're so amazing now cats i think they have an evil plan to plot attack yeah. on us i think after covid it's the attack of cats yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm out on cats no 
But now jumping into the show, Alex, I'm going to go to you first, man. You know, usually I like giving the co-host uh, to bring up the first thing, like to bring up to our guest. We'll get into everything about what Scott's um, Instagram and everything is at the end of the show, just in case everyone's wondering why I changed up my format with that, because usually I ask everyone first. But I got coached today by good old Alex Parr to be like, Dave, make sure you answer that or ask that at the end. So, Alex, going to you first to bring up the first topic for, uh, for Scotty Darling. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever done it, but before today, I obviously had to Google your name, and it was really cool to run across the interview you did with Ed Belfort. Your face lit up as if you were that same eight-year-old that got him to sign the card for you. That that was super cool to see. How how much of an influence did Ed play on you, and how much was just talking to him and hearing even his wife say that she believed in you from the first time she saw you play? Yeah, that story's crazy. I mean... <laughs> You can tell I'm like a kid at Christmas. I was like beet red, <laughs> like blushing the whole time. Um, or maybe it's just because I'm so pale. Who knows? But um, yeah, I mean, it was super cool to see it come full circle. Like I've been a Hawks fan my whole life. Uh, you know, my dad was a huge Hawks fan. He was a big Esposito fan. Mm-hmm. And then when I got into goaltending, like the Eagle was the guy. So he was my guy. And, you know, like you mentioned, I met him once when I was a kid and he signed a card for me. It's like he left that imprint on me from a young age. And so I just was obsessed with him and watched him play all the time. And then to have it come full circle and like have him come back for the last skate. And then they knew that I was like the biggest Ed Belfort fan. So they're like, do you want to interview him? I was like, hell yeah. Um, (laughs) And so, yeah, they let me do it. It was cool. It was awesome. And then that story about his wife saying that, that was crazy. Um, So... Yeah, I mean she she should probably be a scout or something. She's the only one. She's the only one who thought that. <laughs> Did he give you any advice when you were uh, chatting with him? Uh, yeah, I mean he's kind of he kind of just like because I talked to him off the air too. He kind of talks more mm-hmm. about like what worked for him, you know, the way he played and like obviously it's different times, but right. the mental side of it, like he was a very intense competitor and like very superstitious and stuff like that. And, like, I'm intense. I'm not really superstitious. But, you know, anything he says, like, I soak it up like a sponge. So it Yeah, was you just bust out the time. notepad and the pen and, t- yeah, okay. And yeah. All right, perfect. Put your yeah, left skate on before your right one. Yeah. <laughs> See, you know what? Eddie Belfort, there's, there's a great story for somebody, too, right? You have somebody who obviously had success, Chicago, Dallas, right? And then there was question about his career after, right? Going over to what he was going to do. Then he signed in Toronto after a good old Cujo uh, decides to hop over to the Detroit Red Wings. And he was a big, you know, in big part in Toronto continuing their playoff kind of appearances before that disappeared after the lockout season, essentially. But back in the early thousands. But Eddie Balfour is like, just seems like an absolute beautician. Just it feels like it's a guy that when you're off air with, it's like, okay, like this guy must have stories for days. And it's funny that you obviously with your dad, you bring up Esposito who has ties to the Sioux. And when we talk about Sioux connection in a little bit too, uh, to, there's a lot of Sioux connection seems like within the show we're going to bring up, but just Eddie Belfour overall just seems like there's a goalie that uh, literally can just, when he goes into a, like when it goes into the crease, he was a big part of every game. He was always involved in the game. And Eddie the Eagle, you know, he was a big part of changing how Toronto approached their goaltending situation in the early thousands and gave gave him a chance, which was always obviously great to see. And you being an Ed Belfort fan, seeing what he did from Chicago to Dallas and going over to Toronto, you just must have been uh, must have been awesome to watch him do that. Yeah, I mean. Followed him all the way through and like, you know, he goes to Dallas and wins and then 
you know, people think he's done. He goes to Toronto and kills it. And like, I, I mean, what a career. And then, you know, that wasn't even enough. He still went over to Sweden and played, you know, you can just tell he loves the game and it was fun for me to watch. And, you know, he was a big inspiration for me. And then, like I said, to wear the same Jersey as him, like, and have it come all the way around was like mind blowing for me. See, and that's where you, it's just obviously an idol when you meet someone, it's just amazing. And it's like the same way when I met Phil Esposito here in the Sioux, it's, I know a lot of people in the Sioux question a lot of things about Phil, but there's an absolute legend of the game. And you know what, even yourself, Scott, you're, you're obviously a big part of the legend in hockey. You won a cup in 2015. You're a big part of that team with Chicago overall. You grew up a Hawks fan. Okay. We can sit here and talk about your uh, previous, how you did in junior and how you came up. And I do kind of want to touch into that because you're actually the definition of someone who had to work their ass off to get something like literally you were a late round pick in the national hockey league you know you you played various leagues with uh minor like nhl ushl you played college you had the east coast you had the achl then you jump into the nhl so kind of a two-parter that i want you to jump into is just Okay, what was your secret? Because everyone says hard work and practice. So I don't know if you're going to give us that answer. But overall, just the second part of the question is, you get called up to Chicago after your favorite team. Your lights out in Chicago. You win a cup. Like, there should be a movie about you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you couldn't even write a script better than how it worked out for me. And it's hard to explain, right? Because, like, it didn't fall into my lap. Like, I, like you said, I didn't work my ass off and – um, but it did kind of just fall in line. Like I was, you know, left college early, didn't get signed by the coyotes, um, started at the bottom of the barrel where nobody's even heard of the Southern pro league. I, I joke with my friends. I've played more games. The only league I've played more games than the SPHL is the NHL. I played more games in the SPHL than I did in the East coast league or the AHL. Um, cause I had to, you know, pay my dues. I played there for two years and then finally got a deal in wheeling that's where i met torx um and then just kind of like one year at a time just i i will say i did nose down hyper focus on what i was doing um but i i got some breaks along the way you know injuries you know stuff like that and uh it just kind of slithered slithered my way through and like you know i get to the east coast league and two years later i'm playing the nhl it's it's like that doesn't happen so um it was pretty crazy the way it worked out is there a point in that sorry dave to cut you off but is there a point in that where you just go man i don't know if i'm gonna make it and if so how do you block that out and just keep grinding go i just gotta yeah, play this i next had my game, moments, shot. I, I had my moments when i was playing in the southern pro league because like i didn't have a college degree i had nothing to fall back on so like all my you know eggs were in one basket i was like i almost went over and played in like australia in the summer just to like make money and, like, when you go and do that, it's, like, that's the end of your career. Like, you're never mm-hmm. – and so, like, I had those thoughts. But, you know, lucky for me, I had a good support system. And, like, I had a great goalie coach in Boston where I would live, work, and train in the summers. So, like, I had my job in the summers. Um, and, I, def- I mean, it definitely crept in. But for me, there was no alternative. And it wasn't even make it to the NHL. It's like, just keep playing hockey, like try and stay in the coast, try and stay right. in the, like whatever it is. And like, even when I was in the A, I had thoughts about like, uh, I got an offer in Germany. It's like, maybe I should take that because it's more money and I'm getting older and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I kind of just like gave myself not like a timeline, but I was like, if I'm still doing this, like in the coast, when I'm like 27, 
then maybe I'll, I'll make the jump and go play in some obscure country in Europe to make a living. And then you get that chance where you're playing that professional, and then you can jump into the NHL in 2014, 2015 year in Chicago, where you had a 194 goals against average. Yes, I looked up that stat to get the exact. <laughs> okay, now you you put on that Hawks jersey, okay, for that first game, all right? And what is going through your head? Like, I can just imagine, okay, I was just some guy who played junior hockey in the NOJHL, and I didn't make it any other place afterwards, okay? but And I was honored to put on a, a Sue Greyhounds jersey at their training camp back in 2008, okay? So I can just imagine how it would have been putting on a team that you watched closely your whole life, put on that Hawk jersey for the first time. Like, emotion must be settling in, or, or were you that confident guy that said, oh, yeah, I got this. Oh, no, there was a huge dump in my pants. <laughs> I was like, I almost started crying, and then I realized I was in the NHL. I'm like, there's definitely a camera on me somewhere. So, like, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. Yeah. And then I was like, once the anthem was on, because the anthem was the, the crazy part for me, because, like, I've seen so many games there and, like, dr- like, had that dream growing up of playing there. And then, so the anthem was tough. It seemed like it went on for a month. <laughs> you just want to get that game going. Yeah, and so after that, I I dialed it in, and I, I tell people, I don't even remember the first game. I don't remember. I was so high on adrenaline. All I remember is watching the buzzer tick down at the end of the third and realizing that I won my first NHL game and that it happened. And I was like – because at that point, I was like, call up. I was like a four-string goalie basically at that point. And I was just like, okay, I played a game in the show. No one could take this away from me. I could die a happy man. And, like, mm-hmm. I was good with that. Yeah. And then you get that chance in Chicago where the atmosphere uh, is just madness, if you will, pun intended, uh, is that like first off the Chelsea Dagger goal song annoys players still to this day. You can ask James Van Reems like that question and just playing in Chicago is just the, the crowd is so passionate and it's just so devoted. And you had the opportunity to not only play a regular season game or one game, you played a lot of games in Chicago, but you also played five playoff games there too. And is there a difference in atmosphere? Is that even a possible in Chicago where it seems like it's loud every night? Yeah. I mean, it, it's crazy that there actually is because like the madhouse is the madhouse. It's awesome. It's one of the best. I mean, for me, it's the best rink in the league to play in, but there are some other ones that are like just as rowdy. Um, but in the playoffs, it was next level. It was huh. crazy. Cause I think I played two home games in the playoffs. Um, and it was, it was crazy. And then like, it gets crazy and crazier every round you move on. Like I, the finals, I thought the roof was going to come down in that place. <laughs> um but yeah i mean it's an amazing place to play and like it's cool for me being here like being from here my friends could come my family could come and like see it so it was overall the three years in chicago were like the best three years ever see that that's it's just amazing to be able to play with a team that you did with the team like patrick kane johnny taves captain canada if you will like even though crosby got the c in the olympics okay he even asked taves if that was okay to get it which i found was a hilarious story you have brent seabrook duncan keith these guys okay are just and there's more players on that team that i didn't mention and then when they won the Stanley Cup the first time against the Flyers, you just knew that a dynasty, quote-unquote, was going to be there with that team with the nucleus of players that they've had. And you were playing with, obviously, Corey Crawford, who must have been just a great, like, 
a great little, I guess, kind of someone to play alongside with. He's always been kind of, you know, point out for being a good leader, much like Taves and Keith and all those guys. So being in the locker room with those guys, you just must be like, holy shit. Like, you know, the, the, there's some top level talent there in Chicago. Yeah, that was like the first hump I had to get over, like day one from training camp. Like I had to stop being a fan because uh, <laughs> I'm a fan of all these guys. You know, I I would I would tie their skates for them if they asked me to. You know, um, <laughs> did you? Did they did they ask you to? <laughs> they never did, but I would have done it to this day. Um, that's a teammate. <laughs> but it's like, well, that's the backup goalie life. It's like you're the locker room jester. You're the guy keeping it loose, helping everybody out, doing whatever you can. Um, it's like, yeah, I'll play in two weeks. Not a big deal. Um, but that was the first hurdle for me is like, you're walking in, like I worship Corey Crawford and I'm like, cause when I walked in, I was like the four string goalie day one at camp. Cause they had Ranta and Layden in front of me. And so like, you know, it's my f- second main camp. I went to main camp with Nashville the year before. Um, so second main camp, but it's different cause it's Chicago and, like, I, I don't think I said a word for, like, the first two weeks I was there. Just, like, <laughs> nose down, staring at my shoelaces, like, trying not to fuck up or, like, do anything, you know, to draw attention to myself. And um, But then, you know, then you realize that they're humans. They're just like me. They're just normal people. And they end up being, like, the greatest guys. And, like, they brought me in pretty quick when I got there. Made me feel super comfortable. And so I kind of flipped my mindset to, like, being a, from being a fan to being a friend of these guys. So... Um, I don't know if it's like that on every team, but that team, like it was, it was awesome the way it all went down. See, and like I said, that that team was just had Marion Hosa as well. You had Brandon Sod, you had Patrick Sharp, Brad Richards, oh, the the team, Brian Bickle, which obviously, you know, everyone knows the story about Brian Bickle towards the end of his career there, but over was obviously a great player in Chicago. Andrew Shaw, like the players, just, you go down and down on that list. That that Vermat, Vermette, like all these guys, like our, our lineup was nuts. Yeah, it's it was ridiculous, and that's why you know Chicago had just a great nucleus of guys. They had guys around that were great. They they believed in that nucleus, and everyone just bought in. It just seems like it, with Taves and Kane, like Patty Kane being there, he's arguably will have a shot at being one of the best, if not the best, American-born players ever when he's done. Obviously, you have Austin Matthews coming up in Toronto. A lot yeah. of young guys. You already have Mike Madonna, who's been done for a while. Uh, but like Patrick Kane. Like that, that guy is an absolute legend. And we had the gift here in the, in Ontario to be able to watch him play on London. Okay. Just like how Connor McDavid played on Erie, but he has been a lot like how I'd like to see Mitch Marner has a lot with Patrick Kane. It feels a lot of similarities, but just overall Patrick Kane just seems like that guy doesn't give up. And in practice with his videos, that guy must have the sickest hands you've ever seen. Yeah. And like, he's the most competitive guy you'll meet too. Um, him and I had a good thing going in Chicago because, you know, when you're the backup goalie, you're the bitch boy. And so you stay out. You go on early. You stay out late every day. And him and I had a good, like, healthy rivalry. Like, I loved stopping him at all oh, costs. Oh, yeah. And he loved scoring on me. And we would just, like, chirp the shit out of each other every day. Every day, like, nonstop. Because, like, I knew that he liked that I, like, would try extra hard on him because he's, like, that kind of competitive guy. Mm-hmm. And so, like we like friendly battled for three years and it was, it was so much fun. Cause like after the first year, I kind of like had a book on him and, and he knew it. I started like knowing like what he's going to do. And 
And I could frustrate him. You know, it's a little feather in my cap. I could frustrate Tanner in <laughs> practice, and he would get so pissed off, and I would just rub it in so hard. Um, but it, it was a lot of fun. I'm reading an interesting stat here, actually. It says you became the first Chicago-area native to win the Cup with the Blackhawks. Did you know that? Yeah. yeah. That is a crazy stat. How much pride do you have on your shoulder when you mention that? Yeah, I mean, I have a, like, lot, I have a lot of obscure records and stats like that. i'm looking at them Same as the southern professional that? league right i think you're the first yeah. goalie to win the stanley cup there as well only only person player to make it out after the sp that yeah. is really amazing he also set the record in his debut for longest relief appearance without allowing a goal with 67 minutes and 44 seconds as well as the most relief most saves in a relief without allowing a goal with 42 yeah. Those, a lot of yeah. like not important records. <laughs> Don't sell yourself short. That that is sick. That is sick. Don't sell yourself short. See, and obviously you're a bigger goaltender at like six five. I don't mean bigger that you're, you know, on McDonald's or anything like that. But it's he says six six, so I'll give him six six. So six six. So obviously you gotta have a different stance. Like you have a goalie who's like I want to say like Tuka Rask is not even really that small, but you but he is like for maybe NHL standards. But when you're six five and you're getting with goalie coaches and as you you know continue to get older while you play, have you had to like really like really discover who yourself was as a goalie, like a stand up butterfly, or were you like just naturally able to kind of flow with everything being a net with your size? Um. I definitely hit like a roadblock when I was like 17 because I grew like nine inches in a year. And so I was the worst goalie ever because I had no coordination. And then when I was like 18, like one day it just like came back. Um, so that was like the only rough point with my size. I mean, it's definitely an advantage because I never really lost my mobility or my agility. So I'm, I, I'd like to say I'm like I'm as quick or as flexible as somebody who's six foot, but I'm six inches taller. Um, and I don't really play like a conventional style. Like I, I like to watch, um, Pecorino play and I like to watch Ben Bishop play. Um, cause I say my style's like right in the middle of them. Cause I'm kind of like all over the place, like Pekka, but I try and use my size like Ben does. So yeah, I think I have a unique style. I definitely am not a pretty goaltender. Like goalie coaches would not like use me as a model to play goalie, <laughs> but, um, it works for me. So it's kind of how I, how I operate. Kind of like that Tim Thomas style of just move your body parts and get something in That's front of the fact. puck. I'm not that ugly in that. Okay, okay, good. okay. <laughs> you know, honestly, like, and lifting that cup in 2015, too, kind of transition to that. You know, obviously, I saw a couple pictures of that with you, and I kind of watched a little recap video on that with you lifting that cup. And that all that emotion, can you – I like, can you explain to the listeners, even my, I only lifted the Stanley Cup in Tyler Kennedy's garage once he won against uh, with the Pittsburgh <laughs> Penguin. Okay, but I can just imagine going up to the Stanley Cup as a player in your gear on, okay, especially for your favorite team, no less, okay? Go pick up the Stanley Cup. What is going through your head? You're like, are you just speechless? Or are you I just, how that know, you probably, I'm assuming you just black out for a while and then you wake yeah, up and it's great I mean, time. Literally blacked out. I, I, to this day, this is actually funny. I don't know who gave me the cup. There's like no video footage of it that I've seen. Uh, Cause people always ask me like who handed it to you? I don't remember. And I, there's no, I don't have like video footage of that. And even they just replayed the 2015 playoffs here in Chicago. 
and it cut off like right before I was about to get it. So uh, all I remember is just pure joy and like it was just so surreal. It's like you're in a dream because like your wildest dreams just came true. Um, it's something that's hard to put into words. Uh, but obviously, I mean, other than today, talking to you guys slash getting married, it was one of the best days of my life. Wow, we're up there. That day, pat yourself yeah, on you the guys back are getting there. grouped in for free. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> you got to pay double for that kind of stuff usually. <laughs> you know, I'm actually trying to see if I can pull out a picture or something like that. And I'm not really I've, happy. I've looked, man. There's only pictures of me skating around and there's no footage. Because they always cut it off like after the actual good hockey players take the cup around. Because I was like lower on the totem pole. Um, so I didn't get it till later, which is obviously like, that's fine, but I've never seen, I've had that question asked me a few times in interviews. And I, I have no idea. We're going to find out that that's my and Alex's task. I'm you sure. find it and you do whatever, do the Twitter, send it to me or something. <laughs> yeah. Make sure when you share this, Dave, that we put, we got to find this, make sure the viewers get on it too. That's prior to this upload. We would, that's our task here. Now, Dave McCaig's got okay. this far now. So that's jump forward a little bit obviously your career uh, continues you know you had a lot of time in chicago right you have a total of three total years there in chicago and then uh, you get dealt over to the carolina hurricanes where you have familiarity with ron francis who yet again is a sioux connection on this um for oh, he's from yeah he's from oh, yeah. ontario yeah so I, I love that guy he probably hates me but i, I liked him a lot <laughs> why would he hate you <laughs> why do you think Okay, well, come on. It's not like you're going out there like, yeah, Ron, look at this. Watch this. Whoops. Oh, Ron, and then flip him off from the crease. No, but here's the thing with Ron Francis. A lot of things. There's a guy that, you know, one of the best players, if not one of the best playmakers of all time. The assist record shows that. But he he brought you in from Chicago. Conversations with him. You're leaving Chicago now, which might have been, you know, maybe an exciting point because you go to Carolina with different expectations, but also kind of sad because you're leaving a team that you just cheered for your whole life and that you've been a part of for just for about three years. Yeah, it was it was bittersweet is the way to say it. It's like I did not want to leave Chicago, but, you know, I felt like I earned the contract and opportunity. And like Corey Crawford's one of the best goalies in the world. He does not get enough credit for how good he is and I knew I was I'm never going to take his job and and obviously like through this dynasty that the Hawks just had like they were cap strapped they couldn't waste money on a backup goalie and so I knew it was coming um but when I got the phone call you know I'm sitting there eating lunch and Sam Bowman calls me and tells me I got traded to Carolina like it sucked but I was I was excited but it sucked you know it was bittersweet yeah, definitely. Then obviously in Carolina, you had a couple of years. I know 2018, 2019 was uh, an emotional year for you. And I, and while we were talking about this off air, I said that I was going to give you the floor with it. So if you, I don't know if a lot of listeners know uh, this story. There are multiple links involving where you can check out everything that happened in 2018, 2019 for yourself, like with the tough year in Carolina, amongst other things. So I wanted to give you the floor about what made 2018, 2019 uh, just an awful year and just how you were able to, you know, battle through it. Yeah. I mean, uh, 1819 was a shit sandwich, man. I, I, I had stayed in Raleigh the summer before and like got in, I was like peak playing uh, condition. I was in the best shape of my life, ready to rock. I had a great training camp, playing great, feeling great on the ice. Last game of training camp, I tore my hamstring. Oh, 
like middle of the second period in a preseason game. Um, so then, you know, I'm on the shelf for a month and they claim McElhenney off waivers and Curtis is the man. He's the greatest guy. He came in and played amazing. And, you know, that's just what happens in hockey sometimes. Like I had a tough season the year before, so I had a very short leash. Um, and then, you know, I basically lost my job while I was in the trainer's room and like, it's nothing against Curtis. Like I'm super happy for him. He had a great season and I'm happy that he got that contract in Tampa Bay. But so next thing, you know, it's, it's Curtis and Peter and there's, they're not going to keep three goalies. So I'm down in Charlotte playing in Charlotte. I, I came back up and down a few times. Um, and then I broke my ankle in Charlotte and that was the end of my season. Um, yeah, so that was a tough year. And then, you know, you go into summer and like, I don't know if this is what you're referencing, but like shortly after, like my dad dies out of nowhere, um, you know, in a freak accident. And so there's that. And then it's like, it was just like a tough, just tough season on. all around. Yeah. And so, you know, after we finished everything with, you know, the funeral and all this stuff, um, my now wife, now I can call her that. We just we just ran away. We went to Asia for a month and that's where we got engaged. So that was a, a bright spot. We got engaged on the Great Wall of China. Wow. Not a big deal. Um, <laughs> she was like we, we got to the Great Wall and like I was all fidgety because I had this like big ring in my pocket. And I she's like thought I was like mad at her or something or like I was being uncomfortable. But I was really just like waiting for the perfect time to do it. It took like 45 minutes of walking along the wall before there was like nobody around us. And I, I trusted our tour guide to take the photo, and he nailed it. Nice. Um, but, yeah, so that was a year ago tomorrow was when that happened. Um, and now we're married. So, yeah, 18, 19 was a rough year, but, like, it happens. And, and, like, people ask about it. And it's, like, for me, I see the bigger picture, and I'm just, like, super grateful that I got to play 10 years of pro hockey, and I'm still not done. So, I I have reached the peak with the Hawks and won the cup and everything else is just a bonus. So I'm just happy to be healthy and still playing. Yeah, I guess that kind of leads into my next question is like, no matter when you were speaking, when you were as low as it could be, when you were back up, you just seem to, okay, this is my role. I'm going to go out there and do it. And uh, do you ever get a little jealous of maybe, maybe I want to start, but I still got to be the best teammate I can be. Or how do you just, how are you satisfied with every moment that you've been in? Cause it seems like you have. Yeah, I'm not wired like that, to be honest. Like, I didn't – I've never in my life been like, I want to be the best goalie who's ever played hockey, you know? Okay. I don't – I'm not like that. I'm not wired like Belfort, Patrick Waugh, you know? Uh, I know I'm not the best goalie who's ever played hockey. And so I'm just proud that I made it to the NHL and contributed and had five years. And, you know, like, I'm very happy about that. So that's kind of how I'm wired. And – I'm just grateful that it happened, you know. See, you know, I'll be honest. If uh, I'm someone who plays uh, the NHL 20 video games or any video games, I see you on there. I'm making sure you're on my franchise mode, just so you know. Don't put me on your team. <laughs> not. Get a better goalie. Put Crawford on there. Well, no, just go through, edit the stats, make you a 99, throw you back in the game. All right, then you can do that. Okay. okay. <laughs> see, then after uh, Charlotte and everything kind of resolved there, obviously the, your contract uh, terminated with, I believe, if I remember correctly, you were was in Carolina where uh, you were signed to the four-year deal. Uh, then I believe you were over in Florida when all this changed over, correct? When the contract was terminated? 
Yeah, it wasn't terminated. It was bought out. So bought, yes. So actually, funny story. We were in Beijing, which like a crazy time change while this was happening, and I get a call at like four in the morning in Beijing, and it's Don Waddell, GM of the Hurricanes. And he's like, because I had a, a limited no trade clause. So he's like, I need you to email me, giving me permission to trade you to Florida because they're going to buy you out. And like, I'm like half asleep. And in China, they don't have normal internet. And they don't, don't make fun of me, but I have an AOL email address. And no, in China, they, don't rec- they don't recognize an AOL account. And Does so anybody? Think, oh, wait, you said don't make fun of you. Okay, sorry. Uh, but so... <laughs> I was, I only had like 12 minutes to do this. Like they waited till the last second. And so I'm scrambling running around my hotel room, like created a Gmail, sent an email and said like, <laughs> yes, it's okay to trade me to Florida and like got it to him with like six minutes left. And they traded me to Florida, then Florida bought me out. So, uh, there were two years left in my contract. So they pay it over twice as long as the contract. So they pay me the next two years over four years. Okay. And that's kind of how it worked. And then obviously after that, that's where you decided. I know listening to the Spin Chicklets episode, you had some, you didn't know what was going to happen when you over to Europe. If you're going to end up in Moscow, Switzerland, uh, where I know some friends of the show, friends of our, myself, Matt D'Agostini uh, is based in, in Switzerland. And, you know, they like obviously great experiences there he is having, but just in Europe, you don't know where you're going to end up, but you ended up ultimately end up in Austria, which uh, obviously must be a great experience for you so far. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know it was my first time doing it, but then you talk to guys, and they're like, no, it's the Wild West. Like, this is how it works over there. And even on Chicklets, like, Wit was like, the same exact thing happened to me because, like, I thought I was signing. These teams would offer me, and then I thought I'd be going there, and then they would just be like, nah, our goalie played good this weekend. We're going to keep him. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm packing up to move to Berlin. Like, what what, what the hell? Um, but eventually, yeah, like – uh Innsbruck needed a goalie and I had been there two years prior like after I played for Team USA in Denmark I stayed and did a little Euro trip and we drove through Innsbruck and had lunch there and it was like the most beautiful little city ever and so for me this season I was going more for quality of life like I I think I was a little worn out after the two years in Carolina and just wanted to have an enjoyable season and so that's why I didn't really want to go to the KHL or something like that so I signed with Innsbruck, you know, brought the brought the family over, brought the great Dane over, had a great experience. One of the, it's like one of the most underrated countries in the world. Like Austria is so beautiful, especially Innsbruck. Like we lived in the in a valley in between the Austrian Alps. We were like having lunch on top of mountains every day. Um, it was it was awesome. The hockey was okay, um, but the guys were great. It was fun to play in Europe. Fun to experience that like thing with imports. So. You get really close because there's only 10 of you. I think we had eight North Americans. And, like, we were super tight. Like, we hung out all the time, made some lifelong friends. Um, so, overall, it was a great experience. See, like, playing overseas, we've had a lot of numerous guests that have played overseas. Different experiences. People have had good experience either in Italy or bad experience in Italy, a good experience in Russia or uh, playing in, in Sweden. But always have heard good about Austria or even Switzerland. Just beautiful uh, countries to go to and just be able to see that. And having that on mountains, breakfast on mountains, my God. I almost want to try to train again so I can try to go down there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's awesome. But it's like, it's no joke, like, with everything that you hear about you know, the sketchiness about it. Like it's, it's funny. My, my team actually withheld my last paycheck 
um, because of something I said on Barstool. No. Yeah. And like, I, I went back and listened to it and I was like, the worst thing I said was, um, the first 20 games I was there, six of the imports were injured. So like we were playing with like 13 players and like, we got pumped every night. Um, that's the worst thing I said. And so they withheld my last paycheck and they won't pick up my agent's calls. So that money's not coming anytime soon. <laughs> Got to try to fight that. Go up there with the great Dane. Maybe it's time. No, to talk. I, just, I just told him next podcast. I was like, I'll call spin chicklets myself and I'll really, I'll really slander them. If they think that's slander, they have no idea. Oh no. Oh, <laughs> no. And see, and that, and you know what, Scott, like, obviously you've been able to experience a lot of things, right? Obviously lifting a cup, they're going to see Austria. So like, uh, What's the plan going into? I know, given what's going on in the world, there's a lot of things at a standstill. I know we just got about a handful of minutes left here, but it's is it like what's the next step for for Scott Darling? Is it returning back to Austria, or or like I imagine that's maybe not, but like, or is there another spot you're thinking of, or is it uh, focusing on the life point after hockey now? Um, for me right now, it's I'm gonna try and play here next year. And obviously, with everything going on, they're not worried about signing a backup or a third-string goalie. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess not. Eh? <laughs> they, they're worried about getting teams back on the ice. So yeah. that's uh, goal number one. If I had a choice, I, w- I would play somewhere in the U.S. Um, and if not, I'm, I might do the same thing I did last year, kind of wait for the second European wave and go over in November. Um you know, so that's kind of it right now. And, you know, if I nothing comes up that I like or I'm, I'm excited about, you know, hang up the skates. Ten years pro, I'm proud of it, and we'll see. I think I got a couple years left in these legs. But, um, you know, it, it'll be nice that – I mean, I've heard, like, hockey's going to start up in January. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, I mean, for the next season. Yeah. So I no matter it. what, I'm just going to be ready to play around November – which is kind of timely. It's nice. You know, I, like I said, I mentioned it once or twice. I just got married today. Um, and so can enjoy this for a little bit and enjoy being home in Chicago. Um, so I'm not too stressed out about it. We'll just see what comes. Are you able to get ice time right now? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. hey, all the power to you. I think you can do it. I believe in you. It's oh, just I, well, that changed everything. <laughs> see, now you're going to be able to sleep perfectly fine tonight. Perfectly. And see, just so everyone knows, this was recorded June 30th. Everyone's wondering if you want to send a congratulations to Scott for getting married. But, Scott, a couple more things we'll get to before we let you go. As I, as I promised to you, that it won't be as long as our usual special editions because we've had Trevor Gillies on the show at one point. It went almost two hours because the guy stopped talking, which is great. And all, we, can't, we can't do all that. But so the one question I want to make sure that I jumped into and we promised our – I sorry, I promised our mutual friends actor Quattro this was the cabin. Okay, you said to bring up the cabin to you because you guys were at a cabin when you guys played together. So he said, I'm sure he can share some stories is what he told me. So I'm giving you the floor about and giving some extra love to Sault Ste. Marie here with uh, Zach DeQuattle being from here, as I'm sure a lot of listeners who are friends with Zach, which a lot of them are, uh, would like to hear some stories maybe about Zach or just overall about the, the cabin. Yeah, I mean, Torx is the man. Love him. We still keep in touch. Um yeah, so in Wheeling, we lived on a resort that was more of like a summer golf resort. So they let us stay in the log cabins during the winter, like basically during hockey season. And we had like four log cabins all next to each other. And they just like piled us in. There was like four or five to a cabin um, in the middle of nowhere, West Virginia. And like we're talking, you wake up in the morning, 
there's deer on your porch, deer trying to come in the house, raccoons <laughs> eating your garbage. And it was like me and Torx and two other guys. And yeah, I mean, I would share some stories about Torx, but I don't want to get him in trouble. <laughs> he, he, he loved the wheel. I think he played there for like two more years after I left. Um, but yeah, he's the best. And, and we had a lot of fun and he ripped it up in wheeling. I think he got, he was up in Wilkes a few times, played some games there. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I wish, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm going to keep my stories to myself for the sanctity and well-being of, of Zach Torquato. <laughs> so, you know what? That will, that will intrigue people to reach out to Zach right there. Yeah. That be like, tell me these stories. Now, if people want to hear these stories from Scott, it's going to have to be a separate part of the show. Maybe we'll have a part two with Scott and Zach together. Yeah. We'll have a, or let him throw himself under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So the last thing we'll get into before we let you go, uh, Scott, is I usually like asking one question, kind of a fun little question, basically a couple word answer to um, to our guests. Now, Alex, you know, being not new to the special edition uploads, but obviously to this question portion, I don't know if Alex has thought of a question. So I'll go first. And I wanted to say, who was your favorite guy besides Patrick Kane now? Because I think you're going to say Patrick Kane uh, to go one on one against. You're the goalie, you're the shooter. Who's the guy that you want one-on-one in a game that you would just love to shut up, even if it's somebody that you disliked that you played against. <laughs> On another team? Um, oh, that's tough. There are a few. I mean, I got no beef with them, but like Marshawn in Boston. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got no beef with them because I've met him off the ice once, like accidentally, and he seems like a nice enough guy, but like he used you to... know the character he is yeah, when he's he, wearing he would the black like skate gold. through my crease and like try and kick my feet out and just like little stuff like that when no one was looking and I'm like oh, I'm like this fucking guy you know um so I, off the top of my head I'd probably say like I don't even know if I've made saves on him I I think I played the Bruins like six times so there's probably one in there but um yeah he'd be my first choice like that Alex your question I like that answer <laughs> In any level of hockey you've played, who do you think has helped you become the best player? Maybe another goalie, maybe someone with a bunch of good advice for you. Well, who do you think it is? Um, maybe, maybe even a coach. I would say, honestly, this might sound weird to people who are listening or people that know me, but I'd say maybe Pekarene had like the biggest influence on me. What did he say to you? Well, when I was in Nashville camp the year before I signed with the Hawks, Right. Like, I was a nobody. I was, like, an invite. I was signed by Milwaukee. But he was, like, so nice to me. Like, he took me out to dinner and, like, you know, like, let me, like, in on his drills and train with him, which, like, I was a huge pitch. Like, I shouldn't have been with the top goalie. I should have been, like, hiding in the corner somewhere. And, like, I think he just instilled a lot of confidence in me. To, to like, kind of say, like, yeah, you deserve to be here. Like, I'm the well, same as you. like, stuff he said. Like, he was like, you know, he told me I was a good goal and he likes the way I play and stuff like that. And I was like, you're Pecorine. <laughs> Why do you even know my name? And I think, honestly, after that camp with Nashville and, like, being with him for two weeks and then, like, actually, like, going against the best, like, Shea Weber and all these guys, just overall, just, like, made me really confident going into the season And, like, I had the best season I could have had that year in the American League after that. So, I would say, from a goalie standpoint, like, I'd say Pecorino, like, it wasn't really, like, goalie-wise, but he just, like, instilled confidence in me. Right. The one that had the biggest impact. Yeah. Did you ever play against him? Yeah. Did you beat him? 
would have. He would have. That would have. That must have just been a cool feeling. Well, you know, the next year we played each other in the first round of the playoffs. That's right. Oh, that's right too. See, that's just exciting, man. That's. I would just be at the other end of the crease, being like, I'm literally gonna outduel this guy. I don't care. Well, we dueled, man, because half those games went to like double OT, triple OT. We were yes. going six shots a game, like, and and he played amazing. I mean, I ended up. We ended up winning the series, but like people forget how good he played that series. You know, he probably deserved better, but we came out on top. Did you nope. say anything special to him in the line, or did it, was there any exchange well, at the end of the series? Like, he was like, I'm so happy for you, you know? Oh, that's, that's nice. And I'm just like, can I get an autograph after the game? <laughs> <laughs> can we meet out after the game and grab a pint go on a date? Yeah. <laughs> Do you need so, any sharp skates or anything? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Man, you know what, Scott? Obviously, it's been fun. It's been amazing. Alex, before I... Say goodbye to Scott. I want to say thank you for you for jumping in for Brooksy here on the special edition upload. Great last question. You actually beat oh, me thank you. score on that. Okay, you made up for chirping me a little okay. bit. Okay. Uh, but Scott, I want to say thank you to you, of course, for taking the time to come on here on the Game Sports Show. Uh, it's been fantastic to have you on. And in, uh, in your saying goodbye portion, if you want to plug out your Instagram handle or even Twitter so people can follow you on there. Uh, I think it's S Darling underscore 33, I think. Not, not a big social media guy? I mean, I kind of am, but I don't know. If you want to see my dog, follow me on Instagram. If you want to see <laughs> my, if you want to just see my dogs and you don't have to deal with me, Moose and Gary is their Instagram. I like uh, how you know that one right off the top of your head. Yeah, I, don't, I, didn't know, I didn't know if I had underscore before or between the name and letter or numbers, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, if you want to see my dog, follow me on Instagram. That's pretty yeah. much what I do. And man, it's been awesome having you on. It's been great. We'll definitely do this again sometime, but even in a portion where we have me, you, and Torks on yeah, here. I need to know more on. of those cabin stories, okay? I yeah. need to know more of that. Yeah. <laughs> so again, I want to say thank you to Scott and to Alex and to you, the listeners, for tuning into uh, the Game Sports Show brought to you by Jem. You've been listening on Spotify, Apple, Podbean, through our website, thegamesportshow.com, or through Podtail, wherever you listen to the Game Sports Show on any social media platforms i want to make sure you hit like follow and subscribe on that you know i'm going to get to the conclusion portion and this is going to be the first time that scott hears this and i'm going to remind listeners this was recorded on june 30th so his wedding was today so yes the game sports show is a part of his wedding day and i'm here to remind you to keep your stick on the ice swing your back catch your touchdown drain your threes and shoot your shots booyah you have been listening to the game sports show powered by gem and the game Special edition uploads brought to you by Compass Imaging and Demansky Office Interiors. Shout out to our additional sponsors and broadcasting partners. ESPN 1400, On TV, Northern Superior Brewing Company, Sports Center Bar and Grill, North Shore Sports and Auto, Northern Critters in Need, and Thrush Creative Co. 